I got dressed in a hurry. I grabbed a red shirt because I was going to be attending a high school soccer game later that day and wanted to rep the school colors as I cheered on my kids. I wore a pair of khaki pants because I couldn't find my jeans. Then I ran to Target to pick up a few things quick. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. Last week, Juliet asked what I was going to dress up as for Halloween. She said she was trying to decide between Winnie the Pooh and a pineapple. I'm not sure what she's decided. I guess I'll have to wait and see. I told her I wasn't sure either. Maybe a Vikings player or maybe I'd dress up as a very fancy lady. She asked me what I was last year, and I couldn't remember. I do remember, though, that Halloween fell on a Wednesday. I remember because our senior high youth had a chance to volunteer at our church's trunk or treat event up until 8 and then they got to participate in their own party afterwards. We bobbed for apples, we decorated small pumpkins, we had a bonfire, a costume contest, we played games and handed out prizes. Before writing this episode of Good Story, I looked back at Season 2, Episode 10, entitled Trick or Treat. I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to repeat anything. I read that and realized that I won't be. I also realized that I still have material for years ahead on this. Today, however, I want to talk about costumes and confusion, because what we wear matters. So, yep, grabbed my red shirt, khaki pants, got all ready to attend the Wilmer soccer game. I was walking through Target, picking up some Gatorade and some other real essentials, and and someone asked me if I knew where to find the seasonal items. I pointed them to the corner of the store where I knew they'd find the display. I was glad I was so approachable. Later on, I slowed my pursuit down just a bit as it got tripped up near an end cap that looked promising. I love end caps. You know what those are, right? Those are the shelves that are positioned at the end of the rows in the stores. Sometimes they're filled with pretty displays of the store's products, helping the shopper see, oh, I could incorporate that like this. Oh, look at that adorable scarf in the table setting. Or, oh, I love those candles in those candle holders or whatever it is. Those end caps are super fun. But those aren't the ones that catch my eye for the longest time, usually. Instead, I love the ones that have stacks of mismatched items piled up underneath a sign that says something like 50% off. There's special stickers on these items give me an opportunity to feel so glad I didn't buy it when it used to be this much. Whoa! But now look at what it is. Whoa! And now I think I can buy this and I can store it in my closet at home and hope to remember to take it out again when the next season rolls around when it'd be appropriate. At any rate, this day I was standing before such an end cap, picking up items individually, checking their prices. These are usually things I don't need, I have to say, or at least I think I don't need them until I see them. And then I see them and I'm like, oh my goodness, how have I not ever had this before? At any rate, I'm checking prices when a woman stops by me and she asks if I know if and when these things will be marked down any farther. I told her, I'm not sure, but I should probably figure that out. Then I ask her if she's a member at Sam's Club. 
She said, yeah, but looked at me kind of strange. I was trying to sit there and figure out what I said that was inappropriate, but I couldn't nail it. I read her social cue, but (laughs) I just kept on talking. I told her, well, I don't know if you know this, but if at Sam's Club, a number ends in one, like 1481 or 671 or whatever, if one's the last number at Sam's Club, you know it's the lowest price and it will never be marked down lower than that. I told her I wished I knew the formula at Target, but I didn't. She asked me why I didn't know. I laughed. I said, well, I guess, I don't know. I just have never asked. The woman looked at me and said, huh, I think that'd be something they would tell you in training. I kind of paused for a second and thought, maybe it is something they tell them in training. I'll have to ask an employee that question sometime, which I never actually did. In fact, though, quick aside, I've since Googled this because I was curious. And if that is reliable, they suggest that the key number to look for in Target is 0.04. So if you find yourself at a Target end cap, not looking at a beautiful display and instead are picking up clearance items, check for that. Check for anything ending in 0.04. You're welcome there. And if I'm wrong, please let me know. (laughs) This day, though, I was talking about that I, when I ran into this lady, I did not have this information. In fact, I didn't even have access to Google yet. I don't even think I could ask Jeeves anything. Shortly after this exchange, the woman walked away. I walked over to the stationery section and I started looking at cards. I remember I was looking for an anniversary card for my mom and dad. While I was reading one, another woman came up to me and asked me where something was. I don't remember what she was looking for. I told her, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm not sure. She asked if I could call someone to help. I thought, wow, she's just really needy. I suggested she walk down a few rows and look for someone who worked there. She said, I thought I just did that. I looked at my clothes right then for the first time that day in a new way. I said, oh, I can see why you think that. I thought you were just asking me because I look so knowledgeable. (laughs) We both laughed as she left to get real help, and I just left the store. I am sure I'm not the only one who's had this experience before at Target. If you're wearing the clothes, it's not a surprise when people make assumptions about you, right? Years later, like about eight years ago, my husband and I had signed up to be greeters for our church's aforementioned trunk or treat event, an event that I know many churches do to provide a safe place for families to come hang out and opportunity to reach out, meet some neighbors, It was predicted to be a rainy day, so instead of setting up in the parking lot, the church was being transformed room by room to offer a pathway for kids to explore and, of course, get candy. As greeters for this event, we were to stand at the entrance of the church where people would be entering. For some reason, the date snuck up on me, not like it changes, (laughs) always October 31st, and I realized in the afternoon that Kenny and I didn't have costumes. I'd never bought costumes before. I always use things we have on hand and then make something up. But we had just moved into our house in mid-October, and I wasn't sure where everything was. I decided, well, now's the goodest time as any to go get something. I wandered around through a few thrift stores, but I didn't feel very inspired. I didn't find any costumes either there. I remember driving past a Halloween store that was right by a noodles restaurant. I remembered seeing that. So I thought, well, I'll just head there and see. Maybe they have something super cheap. I walked in and felt overwhelmed with the choices. 
First of all, there was no clearance. There was no end cap. There was no end in a one or end in a 0.04 for sure. And I thought, I am running out of time so quickly. I have got to find something. So I just ran where I thought I could find costumes that would work for the two of us. I grabbed a George Washington costume off the shelf, and then I saw Martha's right next to George's. So I grabbed that. George's seemed pretty, you know, normal with a powdered wig and a red, white, and blue getup and stuff. Martha's, however... Though the wig seemed pretty realistic, her red, white, and blue outfit was definitely not. Not just for authenticity's sake. I honestly know pretty pretty factually, though I don't know Martha personally, that she never would have worn the outfit that was available to me right there and then in the Halloween store in the late 1700s. She never would have worn it then. The costume was also, as we can assume, very inappropriate for a greeter at a church event. So... The pseudo-historic outfit went back, and instead, I found a doctor's coat and then a nurse's outfit. Same general problem. Apparently, the Halloween store has not yet heard that actually over 50% of the people entering into medical school now are women, and that the number of men in nursing professions are on the increase, too. So the doctor and inappropriate nurse costume also went back on the shelf. Same with the normal cowboy and the cowgirl. I was starting to panic a little bit and decided I better look for some help. I found a young woman standing in the aisle. She had jet black hair that matched her black chain necklace that matched her black shirt and black skirt and black fishnet stockings and black shoes, which all matched her black eyeliner and black lipstick and black nail polish. I approached her and said, say, excuse me, could you help me maybe? I'm looking for a couple's costume that's less like adult party and less inappropriate and more fitting like for greeters at a church trunk or treat event. She looked at me, rolled her eyes and said, why are you asking me that? I don't work here. I stopped and paused just a second as I drew my, from my past experience. She kept looking at me, waiting for an answer. So I said, oh, obviously, I just thought you looked so knowledgeable. She rolled her eyes and said, well, I'm not. Okay, fair enough. Neither was I. (laughs) Eventually, I found royal-looking robes. Honestly, they're supposed to both be king robes, but I thought, who cares? I bought a red one and a purple one. We bought crowns that looked a little bit different, and we greeted the kids as the king and queen. Fitting, I suppose. <laughs> Again, though, <laughs> if the clothes say one thing, a person can't help but assume. Which brings us to Colossians. Paul writes to the church at Colossae to encourage them to clothe yourselves in such a way that they would properly reflect their position. Let's take a look at this. Let's look at Colossians 3. I'm going to start with Colossians 3, verses 12 to 17, where Paul writes, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. 
Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. This is a great list. This is a list that would identify to somebody, whoa, if we are clothed in such a way, we must be God's chosen people. There would not be a mistake. But before we get to this list, Paul says there's actually an important first step. We need to first take off what we might be wearing that could cause some confusion. Do you work at Target or don't you? Do you work at the Halloween store or don't you? Are you a follower of Christ or aren't you? Colossians 3, 1 to 11, which are the verses preceding what we're supposed to put on, talk about something that we should not be wearing so we don't cause confusion. It says this, Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. He's seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways. It's like he could say, you used to wear this kind of clothing. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. What do we take off? What does it say? The stuff that's of our earthly nature. What's our earthly nature? This old self, the part of us that is infected and affected with sin. The part of us that is not like Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, meaning we've trusted Christ for our salvation, we've believed that his death on the cross paid the penalty for our sin, a penalty we could not pay, we trust that this penalty he paid was for us, we receive his salvation, and then we live a life toward God. We live a life empowered by the Holy Spirit. In fact, we live a life not for ourselves at all, but we live our lives for God. This old self, this old self, this old nature, earthly nature then, is old. It's gone. And Paul says the new has come. Paul tells the church at Classe what that old self is made of. What did he say? I'm going to look back again at verses 5 to 9. 5 to 9. Five to nine. <laughs> Five to nine. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, whatever that is. This old self that lives for self. We've talked before about Adam and Eve taking a bite, eating this fruit. Why? Because they wanted to be God. They wanted to decide for themselves what was good and evil. They didn't want God to tell them. They wanted to live for themselves, not for God. Paul says, put to death what belongs to this life. Put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. These things are 
sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. What's, what's idolatry? What's the idol? We're the idol in each of these things, doing whatever we think we want that might give me pleasure, lusting after things, evil desires, greed. Paul says, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, but now you have to rid yourself not only of those, but of this. And he gives another list. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. And then he says, don't lie to each other. Speak truth. Since you've taken off your old self with its practices, you rid yourself of lying to each other. We're told to put these things to death, meaning they can't show themselves in us. They shouldn't be present. We get rid of all these things that make us feel good whenever we want them for our own pleasure. We're to get rid of evil desires and greed, this kind of self-focused satisfaction. It's me. It's what I want when I want it. Me and who I am, my top priority at your expense, at their expense. Honestly, it's even at your own expense. Paul calls this idolatry. Take these things off, he says. It will cause confusion, not just in the lives of others, because honestly, we don't live for the lives of others. We don't live for what other people are saying and thinking around us. We can't. We live for an audience of one. But it gives confusion with the way that we live our life. It gives confusion for ourselves if this is what we're focused on as well. And it doesn't give glory to God, and that is how we're supposed to be living. So I want to end on the positive thing. So if we take these things off— We're to put on something else, which is also in Colossians 3. Remember, we started at verse 12. I'm picking up there again. Paul writes, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, we are God's people. We are holy. What does that mean? Set apart for God's use. We're holy and guess what? We're dearly loved by God. Hear that. You are dearly loved by God. First John 3 tells us God lavishes his love on you. You are dearly loved. And you know what? You continue to be dearly loved. As a dearly loved one then, how does God want us to live as fellow believers? How does he want us to live? He tells us, clothe yourselves with compassion. Feel for others. Feel for those who are in need. See those who are hurting. See those who have less. That's what should inform our behavior. That's what should inform our decisions. That's what should inform our conversations. Feeling for the needs of others, not, hey, I want mine. This is what I deserve. This is what you owe me. Instead, living with compassion for others. Compassion is this feeling that then breeds action of what Paul says next is kindness. If we are compassionate towards others, we will be kind. The next thing Paul says is humility. If we have compassion towards others, we will be kind and we won't be looking out for our own interests. Instead, we will be looking out for the interests of others. We will be living in humility. We will be gentle as we understand everybody is walking through a difficult journey. We can be gentle and we can be patient recognizing that God is at work. He has a long agenda. He's at work in each one of our lives. And people will hurt us. People will disappoint us. People will make poor choices. But we need to look at the long haul and live with the kind of patience that God has. And what does that patience look like? It looks like bearing with each other and forgiving one another. 
if you have a grievance against someone. Listen to this. It says, forgive one another if you have a grievance against someone. If you have a reason to bring a grievance and say, here's my report. This is what this person has done to me. Tack it on the wall. This is what this person has done. We are to forgive them. It doesn't say forgive one another if they have asked you to forgive them. We're to forgive if we have a grievance. Forgive one another if you have a grievance. And then, as though we are not sure exactly what that means, Paul writes, forgive as the Lord forgave you. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And over all these virtues, if we've put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, over all of this, we are to put on love. Why? Love binds those all together in unity. Love compels. Love informs. Love bears all things, right? So here he's talking in this passage in Colossians about bearing with one another. And then we read in 1 Corinthians 13 that love bears all things. We're told to be patient here as we read Paul writing to this church in in Colossae. He's saying, be patient with one another. And we know that in 1 Corinthians 13, he writes to that church and we're told to be patient, that love is patient, that love is kind, that love does not keep a record of wrongs. Love one another. Church, love one another. If we're not loving one another in the church, how on earth can we expect anyone outside of that to know that we are God's children? If instead they look at us and see malice and slander, if they see unkindness and not compassion, if they see selfishness and self-focusedness, and which isn't a word, but if they see that and they see idolatry, if they see this, they cannot see Christ. And our role in life is to give glory to Christ, to shine Him. We need to do this for one another. We need to do this for ourselves because this is how God has created us to live. The old is gone. That sinful nature is gone. Behold, the new has come. And again, a reminder, we can't do it on our own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us and empower us to do this because it is hard to forgive. It is hard to forgive when you have been wronged. But that's not when you don't forgive. That's when you absolutely forgive, but you do it with the power of the Holy Spirit given to you. Lord, help us all. Help us all to clothe ourselves in such a way where people will see our good works and glorify Father in heaven. Lord, help us to love in such a way that we are filled with compassion, that we have opportunity to reach out, to act in kindness and gentleness. Lord, help us to love in such a way that it reflects the love that you've given to us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.